0: Welcome back to the Nomi Key Show. Uh, this is a special segment we're doing for Patreon. We're continuing our conversation with Edward, um, Edward Unswego, and, and, oh my God, I, am I saying your name wrong? I probably am. Angueso. Un, un, Angueso? Yeah. Well, I, I'm reading it wrong. <laughs> I'm so sorry, un-gueso. Um Well, you know, this is this is why we need a waiting room, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Zoom doesn't allow us to do this yet. And of course, Representative Chris Rabb from Pennsylvania's 200th district. So we had a question that uh, came up during YouTube and I'm really hoping the guy who asked us on on the YouTube chat. It's
1: about nudity,
0: right? (laughs) The naked ballot in Pennsylvania. What is this? Edward, have you heard about this? I haven't, I haven't heard of this.
1: So nudity is in the, so we start with strippers on the front end and now we're talking about naked ballots. So, naked ballot is a new thing. We were never talking about this until recently. The naked buy- ballot is a mail-in ballot, a paper ballot, that um, the voter has forgotten to put into the secrecy um, envelope. And instead, they just put it in the outer envelope that you use to mail it. Right, right. So if you take your ballot out, you fill it out, you toss or forget or destroy the secrecy, Uh, envelope and you just put it in the in the outer envelope, it will not be counted. And the the state, the Democratic-leaning State Supreme Court just ruled that it would not be accepted. But here's, here's the good news that's actually not so good news. The State Supreme Court just said that if any ballots come in three days after November 3rd, they must be counted, whether they are postmarked or not. Mm-hmm. That means we need to. We're gonna have to wait three more days, mm-hmm. and that's just gonna play into Trump's hands. Yeah, right.
0: that's interesting. Okay, so in New York, um, very similar situation happened in the primary. Uh, it was I live in in um, Carol Maloney's district, which is covers the East Side of Manhattan, parts of Brooklyn, and and uh, you know Queens and Roosevelt Island for those who are curious, but. Uh, It was, there was a a primary, and the candidates got very close um, between Carolyn and Saraj Patel, who's very uh, friendly to big tech, and they ended up trying to get these reforms because I don't even know if my ballot was counted. I have no idea. Like I did a mail-in ballot, I signed it. I thought I don't. I don't remember actually. Like I was looking at it, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm, I'm counting." But a bunch of these ballots were not counted, and they went to the court. They went. I mean, it was it's a big fight. Um, and if, it, you know, it comes down to this, these Democratic leaders, because if you, I think that the, if you're pulling back the curtain here. On one hand, yes, this is about the general election and defeating Trump. But on the other hand, are they going to throw the baby out with the bathwater? These are people who want to preserve their districts and their races in the primaries. So if they change these voter laws now, that could affect them in a couple of years when they're up for re-election and they've got a, a primary uh, challenge. Yes, and Rep. Rab, you know too well. All right, so um, we were talking about the the tech sector and I and and, and the technocrats that have sort of um, taken over the Democratic Party. Uh, Edward, are you seeing a disconnect right now between like the workers of these companies, these tech companies? I mean, and at what level and the leadership? Because, you know, like you said earlier, before we went to break, San Francisco is still very moderate. So, you know, Nancy Pelosi is being challenged, of course, from the left um, by Shahid Buttar, but like, is it enough? Like, are these workers resisting? Are they actually pushing back against the moderates or, um, or thinking about labor in a different way? I mean, there's some union organizing, but but is it enough culturally? I th-
2: you know, I think um, I've think I returned usually a lot to Uber and Lyft because they are really good examples of a workforce where, you know, you have a very small core of employees inside of the HQ, and then you have, like, millions of, um, you know, contracted workers or, you know, workers you know, who are providing services for the facilities, and you know in that sort of situation one easy fix could be them working together but they usually you know don't it's only very few it's a few handful of engineers or product managers who cross that line and help out the drivers and what the drivers usually have to end up doing is appealing to the public appealing to uh, politicians uh, doing their own sort of organizing and i think that when you have something like that the company can more or less resist it until it gets to a point where then they have to make interventions to the public, with and they have the coffers to do large advertising campaigns. Uh, Uber they all they hired a record number of lobbyists. They spent they donated millions of dollars to the Republican Party in California. They hired GOP lobbyists. They're doing massive ads. They're spending. They're going to spend 184 million dollars they raised for this, while the drivers and their labor groups have five million. You know, so in. You cannot, there's a concern that you won't be able to beat that sort of disparity. But if you have internal support and solidarity between both types of workers, then the hope is you can do more actions that really disrupt and hurt the company where it has to look past its incentives for profit or to seek a profit and to actually do what the workers want or else it'll get hurt. Um, And until we see more of that, until we see more like, you know, coalitions um, that are able to really hurt the company where, 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 it, um, where it matters, um, I think they're gonna hold off and just litigate everything or yeah. lobby.
0: We had Jane McAlevey on, who is one of these amazing organizers. Um, she strategizes with a lot of unions and probably, I, in my opinion, one of the best strategists in the country. Um, she's, she's hosting, today actually, uh, an international um, strike school and she's working on that um campaign in particular Mm -hmm. she's like we have five million dollars and they've got all the money literally all the Mm money uh chris your lawmaker give her my number Uh, oh oh yeah listen i think
1: (laughs) yeah uber uh, Uber gives money to everybody and again for folks watching every state legislature is different in pennsylvania they could they could buy me a tesla they could buy me a summer house Um, lobbyists Um, as long as I report it, as long as I disclose it. Right. (laughs) right. As long as you say, I got a bribe. (laughs) Yeah, as long as 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 you say, hey, I got bribed, you know, you can buy me, then it's okay. There are unlimited campaign contributions. You can't do that for a congressperson, but you can do it for a state legislature in Pennsylvania. And so these corporations write very large checks to whomever is in power. Yeah, And they're buying access. Yeah. And they're not, you know, and so that access it highly influences, you know, the route of certain pieces of legislation or killing other pieces of legislation. And I'm working on one around rideshare justice in Pennsylvania um, to, you know, uh, uh, go at uh, Uber and Lyft by f- by creating a level playing field and allowing for worker co-ops to get involved in the TNC rideshare area. And... Uh, you know, I'm going to be met with a lot of resistance for these very reasons.
0: What what is what's the vote uh, look looking like? Like the makeup in. Oh, on the, the Democratic bill times. hasn't
1: been introduced yet. But um, if if we take back the House and/or Senate um, in November, um, it depends on who our leadership is and how much money they've taken from you know the you know the big boys, and uh, that will determine. The viability of my legislation because
0: mm-hmm.
1: they, 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 sh- <laughs> these are deep pockets, just okay. like we're talking about. And so, I don't know what the threshold of interest or uh, concern is around, uh, you know, worker rights uh, along these lines. It, no meaningful legislation that I've seen has come up that actually protects gig workers in a meaningful way and goes, you know, goes right after the big boys. So, right. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll be introducing that that bill in the in the coming weeks or months so we'll see
0: um what's the how close is it in the legislature right now
1: um democrats are down by only nine seats out of 203 so we uh there are at least 30 seats in play yeah uh, uh voter turnout was really high for democrats uh, in the june primary uh voter registration is high And we also have, because of this uh, new state law, we will have early voting centers uh, that we've never had before. And we're gonna have a lot of those.
0: Okay, so just for, for our listeners, because one of the things that I'm, I'm trying really hard um, in the next 40 days for people who are frustrated with, with the Biden campaign is, okay, channel that energy into other places. It'll affect the whole ballot, I think, grassroots yeah. up. So can you name a couple names of people who want to make phone calls, whether they're Pennsylvania or not, want to help out because turning that legislature blue could be, you know, that's what we did in New York. Like people called from everywhere, all these IDC challengers and we won back the legislature. Um,
1: I mean, yeah. there's a lot of great organizations if you want to help without having to go through the Biden-Harris campaign. Um, um, you know, mm-hmm. there's I think Swing Left, there's Turn PA Blue, um, there is.
0: Uh, any candidates? Any anybody that you think? Any races people can help out with directly? Uh,
1: so I would actually go to Turn PA Blue for that. Um, okay. and also um, also the Pennsylvania Working Families Party is supporting the most progressive folks. Um, I you know. We're, uh, their new party in Pennsylvania. Yeah, um, it, it's you know every state is different, but they're supporting the most progressive. And PA stands up is a new. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. PA Part pa of stands Lancaster up.
0: stands up. more yeah. PA stands up. They're great so people.
1: They're supporting the, the most progressive, um, you know, prospects uh, for the state legislature. So PA stands up. It's another one. Um, We're
0: going to have Jonathan Smucker on, um, who wrote a great book on, on organizing and is from Lancaster, Lancaster. I'm from Lancaster, New York, and it's Lancaster in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Lancaster. Lancaster. (laughs) Um, Guys, this is a fascinating conversation. I'm really happy uh, you stuck around for a few more minutes. Love to have you back on soon. Mm -hmm. Keep up the incredible work, incredible organizing, incredible writing. Uh, Edward, you have anything coming out soon that people can check out?
2: Um, I am doing some long-term projects on uh, gentrification in uh, the Bay Area and on SoftBank, which is this big investor and in yep. every nightmare piece of tech. <laughs> um, so maybe those, in the podcast, that's pretty much it, that's all I do these days.
0: Very cool. Well, once it's out, let us know. Love to have you on to talk about it. And uh, Chris, you know, just keep. We'll see you next week. All right. <laughs> just, 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 just keep being a badass. Think of a couple things for the next show because for those of you who didn't listen to the show earlier, uh, the full episode, Chris was just throwing out all his knowledge about tipping that we didn't know is a form of you know white supremacy and a remnant of slavery. So next week, I'd like another piece of information to learn. I'm just Absolutely. gonna. This is gonna be your classroom now. <laughs> <laughs>